Welcome to episode eight of Breaking Down Business. Welcome to Breaking Down Business, a podcast produced on behalf of the Kent State College of Business Administration by adjunct marketing instructor and CEO of All Good Marketing, Christopher Barnett. In this series, we connect listeners to our experts who share the latest on high-impact research and best practices in business. We bring relevant and timely business topics to you every other week. This is Breaking Down Business with your host, Chris Barnett. In this episode of Breaking Down Business, we hear from Sean Rowland, PhD, Professor of Economics and Director of the Center of Entrepreneurship and Business Innovation at Kent State's College of Business Administration. Rowan shares how the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the national economy, as well as how smaller businesses have been affected. He also talks about the college's entrepreneurship program and highlights resources available for students looking to start a business. And now on to the podcast. Sean Rowland is the director of the Center for Entrepreneurship and Business Innovation at Kent State University and an associate professor of economics. He is currently an associate editor at the Journal of Regional Science, as well as the Economic Development Quarterly. His fields of research are in urban and regional economics, entrepreneurship, and public finance. His business research primarily focuses on the determinants of businesses such as displacement and effects of government policies. He has studied the effects of location-based tax incentives, taxation, bankruptcy law, and the minimum wage. So with that, I welcome Sean Rowland, PhD, to the Breaking Down Business Podcast. Glad to have you here, Sean. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Today we have discussions on how this pandemic is affecting businesses. Yeah. Um, obviously, we are in this pandemic and it's it's really, it's been said so much, it's almost cliche, but it is you know, uh, catastrophic, the size of this impact on the economy. We're recording this the first week of August, and how we generally measure the size of a country's economy is something called gross domestic product, or GDP. How we do that is is we're trying to figure out the value of all the goods and services that a country has made. And so that's kind of how we determine the overall kind of economic health of a country. And to get a sense on how terrible this uh, pandemic has been, in the last quarter, the last three months, the GDP fell by 9.5% in that quarter. Or to put it annually for the whole year, it would result in about a 33% decrease. And uh, it's, to be honest, historic. And it's it's actually hard to find anything that's close. So how big is 9.5%, right? Or... or uh, we have to kind of create data to kind of go as far back as we can. And so there's data from economists Nathan Balk and, and Robert Gordon and found that this essentially is the worst quarter since at least 1857. Wow. And what what yeah. is the typical year-over-year change in GDP? Uh, a bad year would be about a 2% loss. That would be actually, you know... Uh, something where the the president w- would be feeling a lot of stress because the economy, uh, to, you know, to get a sense of it, now there's two percent less businesses, less jobs. I mean, a two percent loss in a normal world is for the whole year is pretty bad. So we're talking about an estimated 
33% loss. A third of all things are being made less. It's actually hard to, for us to even comprehend. The modern measure of GDP is created in 1947, and the worst in that measure uh, was 2.6, and we're talking about 9.5. So the 2.6 occurred during this, this really devastating um, depression in 1958, which also happened to coincide with another pandemic at the time. So it just is kind of highlights just how massive this pandemic has affected the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unprecedented. Yeah. So, you know, obviously this affects the big businesses, the uh, the publicly traded companies. How does it affect small business? Yeah. And this is actually something that I do in my research. I study establishments and small businesses. And I did a bunch of research for this podcast to try to see, you know, some data on this. And it's still just super early. Uh, you know, we're only a few months out and a lot of business, in, you know, how do we find out it? how businesses are affected is we go out and interview and, and, and grab data from, from these businesses to see if they're open and what move, what decisions have they made, how they laid off workers, have they shut down business, their business for good. And we're, we're still in this data collection process. So I've, I've looked and there hasn't been any published papers. Now, to get a sense of that, uh, we can look at the, the unemployment numbers because we may not yet know that a business or a restaurant has closed down for good uh, at this early stage, but we sure. will still see that their workers are out. And I kind of looked up the recent numbers again, this is the first week of August, and we just received the unemployment claims. So when you get un when you are laid off you can if it's not due to firing you can apply for unemployment claims and typically for most typical a typical worker receive up to 60 percent of their their wages um, yeah, yeah so which is really good and, and bad times and and we just received our 20th week of more than a million new people claiming unemployment so there I think there are over over 30 million people who are collecting unemployment and that that I mean, that is an enormous number. Can you say that one more time? If I understand that, that's one million new people every week? Every week of new people filing for this unemployment. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is. How many uh, weeks in a row? 20. Uh, today was, they released the unemployment numbers on Thursday. We happen to be recording on a Thursday. So it is, uh, it, it's now officially the 20th week of more than a million people. It's just absolutely devastating. So do we see that affecting us here locally, downtown? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine uh, a world in which somehow Kent's businesses are immune to this economic collapse. Uh, I presume they're going to be suffering like everyone else. Interestingly, I do think that the city of Kent certainly, I mean, it's been thriving for years now. It's just been amazing. And oh, yeah. But it certainly is affected by Kent State University. We have, you know, lots of lots of students. We're a big campus. And <laughs> right. Kent State fuels that downtown area. Absolutely. I mean, why? Of course. I mean, right. I think I think it's a good thing, and we have that great walkway that's created to, to walk down. I know I walk down to lunch every day downtown. Yeah, down to Acorn Alley. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So yeah, a number of years ago, I actually was 
commissioned to do a study to figure out the economic impact of a Kent State student. And from that research, I was able to find that the average Kent State student spends about $2,100 a year in the city of Kent. Uh, predominantly, it's about $600 wow. in groceries, $500 in restaurants and drinking places. Yeah. And about three or three to four hundred dollars in retail and gasoline okay um, so that's where so those are the kind of stores that benefit so i'll be really interested to see how many students come to campus how many you know how often are students going to go downtown now that you know under covid uh will they continue to spend money in kent so i guess that'll be that remains to be seen so um i guess this is a friendly reminder to to current and future students to to support your local businesses wherever you are and particularly right. if you're at downtown kent right absolutely so there are other things that lead to this type of an economic downturn and that you have some research that you're looking at in in these areas regarding unemployment benefits yeah so this the, the, there's been a lot of news about this 600 dollars a week of kind of additional pay to the unemployment so as i kind of mentioned earlier when you file for unemployment you get a percentage some relatively small i mean 40 or 50 60 percent depending on your income replacement so if you get laid off and you're a waiter you got laid off because of covid it'll help pay the bills in an effort to try to help americans as fast as possible congress and the president try to give out quite, I mean, historic, we have a historic problem. And so they gave a historic response to, to be honest. So they just said, you know what, everyone who's getting unemployment is going to get an additional $600 a week. It's been, I think, very helpful for, for those who've been affected by, mm -hmm. by the, by COVID. Um, it's a little bit controversial. There is a concern. It will give you over a hundred percent of your pay. So the worry is that um, you may not want to go back to work because uh, you're incentivized to stay at home. Right. Um, right. You know, this is so quick, so early. It's hard to determine that early research doesn't suggest this is happening very much, but it's, I would probably describe it as very early. Um, so it's hard to be too definitive. Anyways, this $600 a week benefit is flat, meaning it, it, it gives, is given to everyone. But $600 in New York City doesn't go as far as $600 maybe out here in Ohio. So I am working with the Federal Reserve in Boston. Mm -hmm. I have some co-authors there and we're starting this project to see, you can imagine you have two, two people, but one lives in a high cost of living area like New York. Another one lives in a lower cost of living. Like, hey, you're here in Kent. They each get that extra $600 and we can see if these two people, you know, what happens to these these two similar people, and does the Ohioan kind of kind of benefit more, even though it's the same a dollar amount, right? But the six hundred dollars kind of goes further. So that's a project. <laughs> I'm I'm. We're just now starting. You have right. to wait a little bit until the data gets collected. So. Sure. But that I'm that's a project that uh, I could totally use student help with, and uh, so if that's something you're interested, well, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. Like uh, more and more, I'm seeing my students wanting to get involved in social justice issues, whether it be how their purchase decisions are made, all the way to what type of research they're interested in doing. Are you seeing a shift in that as well? 
For sure. And I, as an economist, you know, we are uh, part of the social sciences. And, and so, yeah, I, I definitely see, uh, see that as well. Awesome. Definitely like to encourage students to, if they have ideas, um, to to reach out to a professor that they know or, again, the chairperson of that, that department and say, hey, I have this idea. I'm really interested in how, how I don't know, the, the pandemic is affecting this. And, you know, each, each department usually has a number of faculty and, and we all have our own specialties. So the chairperson can kind of connect the student to the faculty member. I know that research is just part of your responsibility at the university, and you have your hands in some other things there, too. I, w- I want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about that. Sure. For, for students that are interested in entrepreneurship, we're one of the few colleges, locally or even nationally, that have a, both a minor and a major in entrepreneurship. Oh. And uh, I am the director of the Center for Entrepreneurship and Business Innovation. It was funded by Mr. John Brinzo. The purpose of this center is to help students who are trying to start businesses. So we have staff on our campus and we have this beautiful lab to help students who just have an idea. So if you're a student and you're like, hey, I have this idea, I want to flesh it out, please, please contact the center or myself and we can work with you and help take your idea to the next step. And what's also nice is we not only do we have staff that can work with you one-on-one, but also we have money. So we have an idea competition in the fall called the SEBI Idea Competition. And then we have the SEBI Pitch Competition in the spring. And that is a world in which we give out serious, serious money. Previously, it was $30,000 to the finalists. And the first place got $15,000 to help start their business. So if you have any inkling on starting a business, even if that's not your major, we are here to help you kind of pursue that, that dream of yours. So please contact us. Very cool. Excellent. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about opportunities for research or for entrepreneurship? Sure. Like, uh, you know, I want to keep it broad. So whatever your major is, you should certainly contact the chairperson of the department. That'll be found on, on the department's webpage. And if you're a college of business major or minor, we are here to help students. So, and we're right in the college. You can contact my email is at S-R-O-H-L-I-N, that's my last name, Roland, at K-E-N-T E-D-U. Or if you Google SEBI, that stands for the Center for Entrepreneurship and Business Innovation. So C-E-B-I at Kent State is how you'd contact us if you're interested in entrepreneurship. Very good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure having you on the podcast today. I look forward to seeing you at the university. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for Breaking Down Business, brought to you by the Kent State College of Business Administration, offering 10 undergraduate majors, online and in-person MBA programs, and a comprehensive PhD program. Learn more about the many ways to pursue a business education at Kent State at kent.edu forward slash business.